Hey there, Jason Whiteley here with you. This is a shorter episode that we're dropping early. We thought you might want to hear an unedited interview with a presidential candidate. This one is Nikki Haley. We arranged a sit-down, one-on-one interview with her this morning, Friday morning. She was in Dallas raising money and rallying supporters on Thursday night. She went to San Antonio on Friday, mid-morning or so, but before she left... We met her at a downtown Dallas hotel and we questioned her on gun violence, on abortion, her energy plan, which affects Texas, and of course, Donald Trump. You know, his first trial date is in March. It was just announced the other day. And if he's convicted, how would that change the Republican race for president? You know, Trump is dominating in the polls. All the other Republican candidates have dropped out except for Nikki Haley. So where does she see a path to victory? And what would a win look like on March 5th? Here's our unedited interview. This is where Texas politics gets interesting. Here again are two guys named Jason, some great guests, and cold Texas beer for another smart conversation on Yolitics, the unofficial political podcast of Texas. Ambassador, welcome to the program here. Thank you. Early voting starts Tuesday in this state. Polls show that that Donald Trump's still way ahead in Texas. What would a win look like for you here in Texas? Well, I think our goal is we just want to continue to be competitive. That's been our whole focus along the way. We started with 2% in Iowa. We finished with 20%. We got 43% of the vote in New Hampshire. We're trying to pull it in in South Carolina and keep on going. This is about the fact that we can't have a country in disarray and a world on fire and go through four more years of chaos. We won't survive it. 70% of Americans don't wanna see a Trump-Biden rematch. 59% of Americans think Trump is too old and Biden's too old to be president. We need a new generational conservative leader to right the ship. But polls show this is not a competitive race. You know, I mean, I think everybody wants to say that, but if you look at 70% of Americans who say they want something different, let states vote. You know, you've only had a couple of states, so we don't name a king in America. Let people come together, let them vote after South Carolina, Michigan's three days later, and then within 10 days, we'll have hit 20 states. This is about giving people the options to decide what they want. And at the end of the day, do they want more of the same with Joe Biden and Donald Trump and the vendettas and the drama, or do they want something new? And that's what we're offering them. This is not personal. I voted for Donald Trump twice. I was proud to serve America in his administration. But we can't go through four more years of chaos and think we're going to survive it. We just won't. I want to ask you about that in a moment, but you're still raising money. You're still producing ads. You're naming leadership teams in Minnesota and California. But, but polls show that you're behind in every state that's coming up. Explain where you see a path to victory, because the early states are out of the way. A lot more states are are lined up here. Where do you see that path? If you want to look at a poll and you want to talk about the poll, let's talk about the general election polls, because Donald Trump doesn't defeat Biden in any of them. He's down by five. He's down by seven. On his best day, it's margin of error. I defeat Biden by up to 17 points. You win by that kind of margin. That's bigger than governorships. That's that's House, Senate. That's everything. But that's a mandate going into D.C., 
to stop the wasteful spending and get our economy back on track. That's a mandate to get our kids reading again and go back to the basics in education. That's a mandate to secure our borders. No more excuses. That's a mandate for law and order in our cities. And that's a mandate for a strong America where we prevent wars that we can all be proud of. That's what I'm focusing on. If Donald Trump is our nominee, we lose. There will be a female president of the United States. It will either be me or it will be Kamala Harris. This is about the fact we can't change what's happening in our country if we don't win. And Donald Trump can't win. Texas, obviously the largest Republican state. How important is Texas to your campaign? I mean, Texas is not only important, it's a little bit personal. I always used to refer to South Carolina as mini Texas because South Carolinians, we think alike, we act alike, we love our freedoms, we want government to stay out of the way. And so whenever I come to Texas, it feels like a bigger home to me. And so, you know, it's not just wanting to win a state. I, I love the people of Texas like I love the people of South Carolina. I feel a fondness for them. And so, you know, that's why we were able to have 1,300 people last night at our event here. You know, we're going to go to San Antonio. We're going to have a big event there. We want to touch as many hands as we can while we go through this race. You use the word chaos to describe Donald Trump, and you said, you know, he brings chaos wherever he goes. Last night at the rally in Dallas, you said everything he touches, we lose, we as a Republican Party. Why are so many Republican voters, though, still drawn to him, do you think? You know, I think that they look at the fact that how he fought for four years, that he didn't get a moment's peace or an ounce of credit, and they feel a loyalty to give back to him. But we can't let that loyalty blind the fact that we have to take care of our kids. We've got to take care of our families. We can't chase Democrat chaos with Republican chaos. We've got to bring some sanity back to what's happening. And we can't do that with Donald Trump. You look at what he said at a rally in Conway, South Carolina. He basically said that he wouldn't defend any NATO countries that don't pull their weight. But he doubled down. This is what, he happens, what happens when he goes off the teleprompter. He doubled down and said not only that, he would encourage Putin to invade countries that didn't pull their weight. Think about what that says. He is siding with a man who kills his political opponents. What was your reaction when you heard him say that? It's dangerous. I mean, one is a military spouse whose husband is deployed. It's dangerous to every military man and woman who's serving. But you're siding with a thug who kills his political opponents, who arrest journalists and hold them hostage, American journalists, who's made no bones about wanting to defeat America. And you're siding with that thug over countries who stood with us after 9-11? I mean, it's just downright dangerous. Then he goes and mocks my husband's military service? That's not personal for me and Michael, we can take it, but you mock one member of the military, you mock every member of the military. And this is a man who continues to say that military members who die in service are losers or suckers. This is a man who said that when he was at Arlington National Cemetery, what was in it for them? I mean, you can't have someone who acts like that and becomes unhinged and think that he can stable, be stable as he leads us forward. He can't. Let's talk about some policy issues here too. Energy, I looked at your energy plan and you said that you would roll back hundreds of billions of dollars that President Biden is spending on green energy subsidies. Those subsidies have been lucrative to a lot of folks here in Texas and Texas is now the number one 
uh, wind energy producer. What would you tell Texans here who've taken advantage of those? We want an all of the above energy approach. We're not picking one over the other. What we're saying is open up our energy sector. I want to get the EPA out of the way. They care more about sagebrush lizards than they do about whether we can afford our utility bill. Let's speed up our permitting. Let's open up our pipelines, including Keystone Pipeline. Let's export as much liquefied natural gas as we can. Let's do wind. Let's do all of the above. I want to turn our energy sector into an economic powerhouse so that we can reduce inflation and pay down debt. When we do that, it's not just about America surviving. It's about becoming a national security powerhouse that we need to be strong. Donald Trump has a trial date in March. If he's convicted, how does that change the race? Well, he's got a trial date in March. He'll be in court in March and April. He'll be in court in May and June. He has said he's going to spend more time in a courtroom than he is on the campaign trail. That should be the biggest red flag to every American. He cannot win a general election with these court cases going on. But look at it further. He spent $50 million of his campaign contributions on his own personal court cases. The reason he's trying to rally in the RNC, he's trying to get more money to pay for his court cases. That's not how you beat Joe Biden. We have to be able to beat Joe Biden. He's putting in more money in this campaign than we've seen in the history of politics. And you're going to go and focus more on your campaign contributions than you are on winning this election? We can't have that. Let's talk about gun violence for a moment. You heard what happened in Kansas City, that parade shooting up there. It's almost a year now here in North Texas since eight people were murdered at an outlet mall, almost two years now since a gunman murdered uh, 19 fourth graders and two teachers in Uvalde, Texas, which I'm sure you've heard of. What do you say to a family of one of those victims, though, that hasn't seen any gun laws change since then? No reaction from lawmakers. You know, I look at, I have a mom heart in that my daughter works at a children's hospital. I worry about her. My son-in-law is an elementary school teacher. I worry about him. My son is a senior in college. I worry about that. I wake up in the morning thinking about it. I go to bed thinking about it. But if we want to fix this, let's do the hard work. Let's go to the root cause. We have got to deal with the cancer that is mental health. We've got to focus on one in three people suffer from a mental health issue. But if treated, they can live a perfectly normal life. 80% of our mass shootings have been from someone who was going through a mental health crisis. Yet, we don't have enough mental health therapists, we don't have enough mental health treatment centers, and if you happen to be lucky enough to get one of those, insurance doesn't cover it. Let's do that and start to defund sanctuary cities. Stop what's happening on the border from the illegal activity that's happening. Let's get law and order back on our streets. We can fix this issue. But I could go and take away one kind of gun today and there'd be another shooting next week. Let's do the hard work and do what it takes to really put an end to this for good. What about red flag laws, raising the, the minimum age to buy a, an assault-style rifle from 18 to 21? Where, where are you on those issues? I think if you're able to fight in a war, you should be able to purchase a gun, but I think you should do what we did in South Carolina. What we did in South Carolina was we had any of the court cases where someone was found to be mentally unable to, they had to be committed. Right. mentally committed. They were not able to buy a gun. But we didn't attach that to say that we were going to do this with guns. We just made sure we got the rosters of anybody who was committed that they would not be able to buy a gun. That's the first step you do. But keep in mind, you never want to go and have the rights of people to protect themselves and their families because you've got people on the streets committing illegal acts. 
We want to do this the right way. So let's make sure those that are committed never have the ability to get a gun. Let's make sure the federal government follows the law. We had a terrible church shooting in Charleston. The killer never should have gotten a gun. The reason he got it is because the feds didn't come back with an answer on his limitations within the 72 hours. So they went ahead and gave him a gun. Let's fix those laws. Last question for you here too. I want to ask about an abortion case in Texas that made national news. It's a woman named Kate Cox. Uh, 20 weeks she discovered her fetus had a, a lethal abnormality. It's almost always fatal at birth. She had to leave Texas to get an abortion because of the state's strict laws. If the decision was in your hands, how would you decide her case? I mean, how would you decide I, these cases that are so touchy? I hurt for her at the thought of that. I had trouble having both of my children, so I absolutely hurt for her. You know, a wrong was made right when we took it from unelected justices and put it in, in the hands of the people. I think that's where this issue should be. It's personal to every woman and every man, and it needs to be treated with respect. I think that Texas now needs to look at that law and say, what can we do to make sure that never happens to another woman? When you do these laws, it's more than just about being pro-life or pro-choice. It's about humanizing these issues, not demonizing these issues. I'm unapologetically pro-life, but I don't judge anyone for being pro-choice. But let's be humane about it. Let's make sure we're focusing on the fact that when an instance like this happens to a woman, we make sure that the laws are changed so that it never happens to another woman where that is the case. They need to have that relationship with their doctor so that they can make the best decisions for themselves. Ambassador, thank you. Thank you so much. Good to be with you. Hey, before we let you go here, two reminders. The first is that early voting starts Tuesday in Texas, and we're actually working on a great episode to release at the start of that. Wheeler is going to be back with us as well. And we're going to a great brewery in Dallas for this one. Second reminder, where do you plan on getting Texas results on election night? We're talking about races for the state house in Austin, the state Senate, Texas congressional seats, etc. If you don't yet know, we're putting together a big election special. We have reporters across the state. We have expert analysis in studio. You can watch it all on TV. Just download the WFAA Plus app on Apple TV, Roku, or Amazon Fire. WFAA and then the plus sign. You'll find it there. Live coverage starts at 645 just before polls close. We have a lot in store for you that night, so I hope you can join us for that. Next episode of Yolitics Tuesday. February 20th, when polls open across our state. Hope you download that episode as well. Always appreciate your support. Have a good one.